Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Um, For those of you who don't know, Beyond the Veil is a podcast all about Harry Potter and mental health. We're dedicated to telling the stories of Potter fans from all around the world. If Harry Potter has helped you with your mental health, get through a difficult time, or helped you overcome a major obstacle, I would love to have you as a guest on the podcast. Please visit our website linked below to find out how you can submit your story to us. We have options for folks who want to remain anonymous, or if you want to come on the show and do a full interview as a guest. So for this episode, I want to give a quick trigger warning for this week's Whisper segment. It does mention death, so if that's something that you'd like to avoid, then go ahead and skip over this week's Whisper segment. Otherwise, this week I am very excited to share my interview with Eric Skull. If you've been following MuggleNet for a while, you've probably heard from him. He's been on multiple Harry Potter podcasts, he's one of the hosts of MuggleCast, and I got to learn so much more about Eric during our conversation. So let's dive right in. Let's get started. Um, today, everybody, we are talking to Eric Skull. Um, Eric, thank you so much for joining us on Beyond the Veil. It's really good to be here. It's a bit spooky, Beyond the Veil. I've never been back <laughs> here before. <laughs> yeah, some weird voices and uh, <laughs> the veil itself. Um, so uh, let's start out. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you like to do? Um, anything you'd like everyone to know about you? Sure. Um, I am a uh, recovering Gryffindor. No, a Pottermore Hufflepuff <laughs> who thought he was a Gryffindor for a while and is now a Hufflepuff. I've been in the Harry Potter fandom since uh, 2001, so I'm not I'm not the longest Harry Potter fan that I know, but that seems to have been after the first movie when a lot of people started getting into Harry, so I feel glad for that. We'll talk about that more later, I'm sure. But um, in the in the last, you know, 17, 18 years since then, um, I have been contributing regularly to uh, MuggleNet.com, and it's what started as its podcast, MuggleCast, um, in 2005. And so I podcast on the Reg. Um, it's actually a weekly show um currently and uh, will be for the the time being we usually discuss the latest news and and theories in the harry potter fandom and, and especially fantastic beasts is a big big thing oh yes but um that is sort of what i do like with my hobby of harry potter uh and originally i'm from eastern pennsylvania pretty cool uh we weren't very far from new york city we weren't very far from the actual east coast and like beaches and things so you know it's kind of a nice fun childhood but now i live in chicago uh illinois which is a city that i love i've been here 10 years and uh while here my day job is i work for redbox Uh, the DVD rental kiosks uh, that you'll see around all of the U.S. in all 50 states. So that's my day job. And on the side, I do this Harry Potter podcast. And that's, I mean, we are what we work, I guess. Like, you know, when Mm -hmm. asked who am I, well, here's what I do. But um, who I am, I I just, I always feel as though um, since, you know, 
going through my teen years and into a young adult, I strive to be somebody who is curious and passionate and creative. That's wonderful. I think it's really important to not just define yourself by whatever it is we do to make money in the world. (laughs) There's so many more facets to us as people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, So I love to talk with everyone on this podcast about how their Potter journey got started. And that kind of has to do with a lot of what we're talking about today. So when you first heard about Harry Potter way back in the day, what was your first impression? How did you feel hearing about this wizard sensation? You can talk about that. Well, it's funny because 2000 is when I first heard about Harry. Uh, Around that time, Harry was, was getting some buzz and do you remember those mailers that Scholastic would send to yes. like schools? It was like a ma- mail order. But I mean, those things the were book great. Fairs. Uh, I, the book fair things. Yeah. And I, I can't, my school did them regularly. I would often not read books. I would read those mailers <laughs> ab- about the books. Uh, not because I had any particular interest in books. I wasn't much of a reader, but I liked the colors, I guess. <laughs> Um, of those mailers and, and, but, but so Harry Potter, I mean, there were reviews and stories about Harry Potter in there. Word of mouth. I mean, my friends, it it turns out we're actually all really, really big Harry Potter fans. And none of that really reached me, uh, as a person, because I decided through some unknown factor to myself that Harry Potter sounded kind of cheesy and kind of you know that it that it sounded like something that i wouldn't like and i had a basically a preconceived notion and one of the other things i want to mention is that uh that year in seventh grade for uh english Mm -hmm. class we had a program at school which accelerated reader oh yes is what it was called and it was basically like uh a companion to a reading program where you could read books and then you would get uh, quizzed at the end of your books on like reading comprehension and each book um, was rated a, a, at a point scale. Harry Potter was so long or so involved that each of those were worth 18 or 25 points. Yes. And <laughs> Harry Potter should have appealed to me because it would have been an easy just read this book answer a couple questions and not need to read the rest of the quarter. So even for somebody who doesn't like reading, the mere the fact that this book was longer than all the rest of the books, I mean, Goblet of Fire, 734 pages, you know, come on. Right. <laughs> it, 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 initially it struck me as maybe like a challenge, but one that would be worth taking. So I, I just greedily picked up the book, didn't understand a word that was happening. So it confirmed all my suspicions, long story short. Uh, that Harry Potter was hokey and not interesting, and I didn't understand who Frank Bryce was, and this series wasn't named after him, so I was very confused. And I put the book down and proceeded to not read it for another 18 months. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's just kind of the beginning of the story. It wasn't until the following November when the movie came out, uh, the first movie, that I was still skeptical. I just still, it's hard to remember because I was like 13. Right. But I do remember being such a skeptical arse 
going into <laughs> the movie because the beginning of it, again, it opens up with somebody who's not Harry Potter. It's mm-hmm. McGonagall and Dumbledore. What are they doing on this street? It's the middle of the night. What's going on? Six or eight months later, when the movie was on home video, mm-hmm. I was, I remember distinctly, I, I had a, um, a moment that that feels to me now as though it were very similar to the feeling Harry gets when he tries a wand for the first time that that mm-hmm. rush of like sparks and warmth and light that you know sort of an ethereal light I was at a Kmart in the uh, movie section and uh, happened to come across this Harry Potter on DVD and it was a nice box set uh, of just the first movie and um, I had that feeling and a moment of sort of realization dawned on me that not only had I enjoyed seeing that movie in theaters, um, but that there was, you know, a lot to it. So all, all the revelations of like, this world is massive, this, the characters are great and well thought out kind of hit me like a ton of bricks of, oh my God, I, I like this now. Um, <laughs> and I used, you know, some of the first money I ever got for my first summer job to buy Harry Potter on DVD and and later that box set I talked about. Wow. And surprisingly, even to myself, now it's 16 years later after that happened and I'm still living, breathing. I mean, tonight I'm going to be recording two podcasts about Harry (laughs) Potter. 16 years after that first happened. And it's, as I said before, it's a weekly affair for me. Yeah. And the way you spoke about it when you sent your email... Um, seemed really bothered by the fact that initially you didn't like the series um, and I'm just curious as to why that but why does that sort of get to you I, I think part of it is like revi- a bit revisionist where we um, something that has gone on since to change my life in such a profound way I always want to be like well I always loved it or I always you know like like there we've always had a perfect relationship no bumps in the road I mean as with anything that's complete you know a fabric it's it's an unrealistic expectation right but I think part of it then this idea of lost time of how I could have been a fan four years earlier if if I had um not been reticent or hesitant or when I was talking about the fourth book, first chapter going over my head, that sort of uh, talks about how I feel negatively about not getting into Harry sooner is there wasn't anything wrong with Harry. There was something wrong with me. Like I wasn't, I wasn't ready to receive what I now think of like what I revere now. And you know, I'm not too hard on myself about the whole thing. I, I got there eventually and made the most of my passion for Harry as best as I think anybody could. But um, I I do just look back and I go, what was I thinking? Do you think that you ever have some fear about how your life would have gone or uh, what you would have done with your life if you hadn't ever turned around and found love with Harry Potter? Yes. You do? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The answer your questions a definite sort of resounding yes and I I like that I like your word choice there fear um because I do honestly identify with it I mean a lot of it's like a passing curiosity I think about it sometimes um because Harry Potter to get into kind of a summary like 
of what happened, um, you know, I found the website uh, MuggleNet, which was the first like space I ever had online that um, was was there for encapsulating a passion, um, more or less. I also very early on um, started contributing to MuggleNet, so not only was it a, a, a just to the core of who I think I am, as I said at the beginning of the show, uh, one who celebrates the passion and the love with others. Um, it that it, that hit right to my core, and I'm partly the way that I am now because I was able to find something that enforced that. Very early, as a kid, I was exposed to a wider world through the internet. Um, that that allowed me to grow in new and unique ways. That 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 growing up in my small, relatively small town just would not have. And and it proved time and time again that uh, there were opportunities out there. I mean, it, as early as 2004, when I was 16, I traveled to London. And I traveled to London specifically for Harry Potter. And it was specifically because of MuggleNet. And it was specifically, you know, something that I not would not have been able to do if it weren't for this whole following my passion thing. And I think that it wasn't until, or, or through Harry, I really blossomed. So looking at um, all the opportunities I've gotten, and, and it, it just, there really just have been so many, um, to think about what life would have been like without Harry Potter, both if I wasn't in on Harry Potter eventually, if I never got into it and it were still as big of a thing as it is now, mm -hmm. or if it were never a thing and nobody got into it. Uh, both of those things haunt me. Mostly the second one, because if Harry Potter didn't exist in this world, I don't know where this world would be. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. Um, so, I, I mean, I think Harry Potter saved a lot of people. I do not, uh, you know, trick myself into thinking I'm the only one by far no millions of people have attested to it and and do daily on jk rowling's twitter but i i think that um for me personally i just don't know when some of those areas of growth would have occurred a lot of that immaturity or not, not immature ignorance a lot of the ignorance that i had um which caused in part chapter one of book four to go over my head and the rest of book four when i read it it, it no longer did i think it was that 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 I into the, the window of the empathy that JK Rowling writes with, um, into other cultures. And I think that that was a big eye opener. And so to live without that would be to live blind almost. And, and I really just fear the alternate version of myself that never either had the same opportunities. And like, I don't know what I'd be doing as a hobby. I don't know what I'd be doing as a living. I don't know if I ever would have found Chicago in, in the way that so many things we do now are, tied to or can be traced back to the people that we knew or the people or the things that we did or the things that we said we do and the things that we aspired to do throughout our lives, I can say probably with a high degree of certainty that I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't even be the same person. Mm -hmm. So I do fear it. I do. I do fear like the idea that that wouldn't have happened. I'm so grateful that it did. I think a lot of us are for sure putting it mildly Harry Potter shaped your entire life from the point that you sort of dove in and I think what you said about um, looking at that idea of kind of uh, ignorance and moving it into acceptance a little bit do you think that 
your ability to accept new stories, new people, listen to other people's experiences. Do you think that that was impacted by the Harry Potter series? Having been sort of stumped by Harry Potter, having, having turned out to love something so <laughs> vehemently <laughs> mm-hmm. that I initially just scoffed at, I think that, that it was a huge life lesson to me, I think definitely opened my eyes and opened my mind into like being more receptive. And hopefully it has that same effect on a lot of people. I mean, I think that part of the Harry Potter books and a lot of when, when people talk about the message of the Harry Potter series, um, a lot of it is acceptance and tolerance of different things, people that are different than you. It's a, it's a big subplot of the books, things like the house elves and um, blood purity. Yeah. It's really wonderful and I think I think something that's really wonderful and interesting about Harry Potter is the particular kind of community that it has fostered and at its core I believe that the Harry Potter fandom is really a place of that acceptance of that uh, those learning of lessons to bring people together and I'm curious with your experience of the fandom and the community specifically, obviously that came together because of Harry Potter, but how has the, um, how have the people that you've met and the relationships that have grown, what has that, uh, what has that given you specifically? For me, it's a very um, personal sort of note that, uh, doing the podcast specifically has 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 given me, which is um, having people who listen to the podcast um, coming up and meeting us at either fan conventions, of which this year I attended my thirteenth one. Um, wow! The only re- I was not counting during, uh, but <laughs> I had, I did account either at fan conventions or at live podcasts, which we've done a couple. But when you get to know these people and they tell you about how much your podcast meant, how much your words meant, the words that you said talking about Harry Potter, right? I mean, Harry Potter means a lot to everybody. But for somebody to say that point that you made really caused me to think differently or think critically or, um, you know, people, it gave me the confidence to go on being myself, and being being who I was and you know for me when I first started podcasting in 2005 uh, I wouldn't shut up I I couldn't shut up it was it was almost as if you let one of Fred and George's uh, joke things loose like (laughs) I I talked more than my share uh, on that podcast I was I was hyper I was uh, I can't listen to myself now. I was just so hyper and and excited to be there and like my no filter and I would I would make points even if they weren't good points. I would just say what came to mind and and it was you know a bit grating on my coast and it, it's something that you know they joked about at the time and 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 early on. But it was a, a struggle to my own personal development to be more concise. You know, I try and get to points quicker, and I try and be more respectful of 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 giving other people the floor, and that was a, a huge moment of personal growth. But it could have turned darker. It could have turned into 
um, self-hatred. It could have turned into, uh, you know, my insecurities could have been could have been much bigger if I didn't have somebody, and as in a listener, coming to me and saying you made a really good point, or coming to me and saying your enthusiasm is showing. It does. It's not annoying that you talk so much. It's it's just I can tell that that you're just like super passionate, and I and that's great because I am too. People literally said that to me early on, and I think it really gave me the courage to fix what needed to be fixed, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I've had a lot of you know personal growth on that front. Um, I feel, but it it really the the confidence that that people gave me by just saying, keep doing what you're doing. Um, you know, the feedback, if it was ever critical, was constructive, and um, it really just that journey is something that that really has meant a lot to me. And again, going back to where would you be without Harry Potter? Do you fear where you would be without Harry Potter? Yes, because there's also that aspect of, I found out who I was through Harry. Mm -hmm. Like I found out what, what kind of a, a, a reader I was, what kind of a social sort of person that I was. And through interacting with people also figured out, you know, how I feel about people and how I interact with people. And so it was just it came along at the right time for me in terms of uh, growth. I was I was just getting into my teenage years um, and d- doing those normal, you know, figure out who you are kind of steps. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of validation very early on for the path that I was on and, and how I've lived my life since then. Now I'm 30 years old mm-hmm. um, has always been about a little bit skewed more towards what I'm feeling than about what is logical or what is intelligent or what makes sense. I've I'm still ruling or guiding my life based on feelings over logic because that's what worked for me the first time. And so I think it's very drastically sort of changed and shifted my outlook. It's like a big paradigm shift. Yeah, that's a, a wonderful. I feel like that's an amazing lesson to learn from fandom and Harry Potter and everything you can get out of that is that it's it's just so important to listen to what is inside of you and how Harry Potter can and can and has reflected that for so many people in so many different ways and just thank you so much for sharing that because I I think that rings really true for a lot of people and uh, I'm so glad to hear I, I love just sort of this setting of just being able to take a question and being given the time to run with it. I, I do know that I take some time to get to the point of a question, but um, it's the old 2005 coming up. <laughs> but um, let me assure you, I've always been this way and probably can't change. Well, so, you're uh, wonderful. I appreciate the time. I, <laughs> I appreciate the time. No, I, I really want to, that's what I really hope to get with you and everyone else we talk to. I want to, it's so important to be able to share these parts of ourselves and uh Cause like you said, you know, in that big fandom, in that big community, you can find who you are. You can find, uh, it's that, that wonderful mirroring aspect of finding yourself in such a large group of people in such a large story in such a large world. And, uh, I think that you express yourself very eloquently. I want to thank you so much for speaking with me. It was absolutely lovely having you on. Let me, uh, let me assure you, it was completely my pleasure. Um, and also, uh, you did promise safe passage back through this veil, right? Because uh, yeah, 
you should be fine. Yeah. You'll you'll be okay. Okay. Is I is Sirius back here? Did you see him anywhere? Um, we haven't spoken to him yet, so it's, haven't seen just him. Kind of chilling. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Right, everyone. That was my conversation with Eric. Eric, thank you again for sharing your story with all of us. We all have stories, and some are more difficult to tell than others. We want everyone to have a chance to share, especially those who don't want to share their names or their voices. I want to take a moment to remind you again that we do have a trigger warning for this week's Whisper. We do discuss death So if you'd rather not listen, then you can skip ahead right now. In today's Whisper segment, we're sharing the story of someone who navigated the loss of their father with the help of the Harry Potter series. As a 32-year-old, I hadn't read the Harry Potter series, even though I had friends that were crazy for it, even though I was an elementary teacher and then librarian of two schools. Why? I believe I was simply meant to read it later, and I am glad I waited, because I would need it. I lost my dad very suddenly in January of 2016. He was only 54, and my family was brought to their knees, wading through grief and navigating a life without our beloved patriarch. I decided to begin Harry Potter right before losing my father, having only finished the first book when I lost him. I didn't read for months following the passing of my dad, but I finally picked up Chamber of Secrets, and I'm glad I did. This series helped me through the most difficult time in my life. After all, Who knows of grief and loss better than Harry Potter? When those around me didn't know what to say, how to act, I found a friend in this series that somehow knew exactly what I needed. As Dumbledore said, words are, in my not-so-humble opinion, our most inexhaustible source of magic, capable of both inflicting injury and remedying it. The words of this series put me back together and became a part of the new version of myself, this version that knew profound loss. Because of this, I have a huge and special place in my heart for this series. Not only is it a tale of courage, friendship, good triumphing over evil, but also for me, a saving grace. Harry Potter becomes deeply personal to so many because it speaks to those parts of us that no one else can. This has been episode four of Beyond the Veil. Thank you all so much for listening and a big thank you to our guests and everybody who submitted us a whisper. If you listening have a Harry Potter story that you'd like to share on the show, please visit our website. We would love to have you as a guest or we can share your story as an anonymous whisper. If you've been enjoying the podcast, it would mean so much if you would share the show with anybody you think might enjoy it. If you don't know anybody yourself, then you can consider subscribing 
or leaving us a rating, and this will help other people find us. Join us next time for another conversation in the headmaster's office. This has been Madison. I'll see you next time. Bye.